Now, now I, I understand there might be a few of us this morning that are feeling a little bit weary. It's been a long weekend for some of us. But I, wanna, I, I just want to encourage us right now. God has come into this place to do a very specific work. And I want us one more time with one mind and with one accord. Before we get into the word of God, I want us right now to begin to magnify the Lord with all of our heart. Now, we, we've, got, we've got some participation, but I wonder what would happen if we got 100% participation right now. I wonder what would break loose in this place if every soul begin to magnify and lift up the name of Jesus with all of your heart. I wonder what would happen if every prayer warrior would begin to pray in the spirit right now. I wonder what would happen. I tell you what would happen. Miracles would happen. I tell you what would happen. Signs and wonders would happen. I tell you what would happen. There would be the miraculous that would be released in this room. Yes, yes, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Somebody praise him. Yes. 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 I want you to pray one more time. I don't feel the move just yet. Come on, I want you to lift up your voices and I want you to begin to pray. We're driving back some things in the spirit right now. Come on, would you pray right now with the Holy Ghost? Come on, for a few more seconds right now. We're driving some things back. We're taking authority over some things in the spirit realm. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Amen. One more time before we get into the word of the Lord. Why don't you clap your hands and give the Lord some praise in this place. Amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. What a tremendous honor it is for my wife and I to be here with you all at Greater Faith. Amen. We count it a tremendous honor to be here. And we honor your pastor, your bishop, Bishop Nichols, and his entire family. Can we just give them a round of applause for their leadership, apostolic leadership? 
We love them. We appreciate them so very much and thank them for the opportunity to be here and minister the word of the Lord. Amen. One more time. I just, I don't feel the move quite yet. I just want you to lift up your hands and just pray. Amen. I want, I want the direction of the Holy Ghost this morning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up your voices right now, church. Come on, lift up your voices right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen. I apologize to Brother Matt. I've given him title and I feel like the Lord has just kind of led me in a different direction. Amen. Now, I, I will say this. I don't, uh, I don't normally, and I don't know where, where we're really going to go here. I don't normally uh, preach like this on a Sunday morning, but I feel the Lord leading me this direction. And so I just want to obey the Holy Ghost. Is that all right? Yeah. Amen. I want to obey the Holy Ghost. And I believe the Lord, I believe the Lord knows exactly, uh, exactly where we're going here and I'm just going to obey him. Joshua chapter number 17, again, I apologize to the media team, Joshua chapter 17, and we will start at verse number 13, Joshua 17, starting at verse number 13. Bible says, yet it came to pass when the children of Israel were waxen strong that they put the Canaanites to tribute, but did not utterly drive them out. And the children of Joseph spake unto Joshua, saying, Why hast thou given me but one lot and one portion to inherit, seeing I am a great people, for as much as the Lord hath blessed me hitherto. Joshua answered them, If thou be a great people, then get thee up to the wood country and cut down for thyself there in the land of the Perizzites and of the giants, if Mount Ephraim be too narrow for thee. And the children of Joseph said, The hill is not enough. Somebody say, The hill is not enough. The hill is not enough for us. And all the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron, both they who are of Bethshean and her towns, and they who are of the valley of Jezreel. And Joshua spake unto the house of Joseph, even unto Ephraim, and to Manasseh, saying, Thou art a great people, and hast great power. Thou shalt not have one lot only, but the mountain shall be thine, for it is a wood, and thou shalt cut it down. And the outgoings of it shall be thine. For thou shalt drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots 
and though they be strong. I want to preach with the help of the Lord this morning on this simple title, The Heal is Not Enough. The heal is not enough. Why don't you put your Bibles down right now? Why don't you lift up your hands? And let's pray together one more time, will you? Come on, why don't you lift up your voice right now and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, I want you to lift up your voice right now and begin to worship and begin to pray. Come on, if there's a desire in you for more of God's Spirit, for more of God's power, for more of God's anointing, I want you to lift up your voice in this place. Amen. One more time, why don't you clap your hands and give God praise in this place. Hallelujah. 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 We worship you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being, for standing for the word of the Lord. You may be seated. We have been given so much. As born again believers, there is so much that we inherit simply by giving our lives to the Lord. Firstly, the, the fact that we've been born again, that that gift is so much more than we could ever deserve. The fact that we have our sins forgiven and we have his blood applied to our life is a gift that no amount of money can buy. And I'm thankful that we can rejoice about one day walking on streets of gold and beholding those walls of jasper and those gates of pearls. What an abundance of blessings we have been given. Should we ever forget where God has brought us from? I want to remind us today that it should have been us out there somewhere losing our mind. See, some of us, we forget sometimes where God brought us from, the place and the state that we were in before God's mercy and God's grace reached down in our life and brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. But I've come to remind somebody on a Sunday morning that God has given us much more than we deserved. He has filled us with the baptism of his spirit. He has washed away every one of our sins. And that's enough for us to give him praise and worship for all of eternity. The fact that I'm in his presence. The fact that I can worship a holy God. Lifting up holy hands. That's enough for me to worship and to praise him for all of eternity. I don't want to forget, but I want to bless the Lord all my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Is there anybody with a praise on their heart this morning that would say, God, I don't care if you ever do another thing. You've already done enough for me. When you saved my soul, that was enough for me. When you delivered me from drugs, that was enough for me. When you, when you healed my body of that disease, God, that was enough for me. And I will praise you. I will worship you. I will magnify you for what you've done. 
Oh, I wonder if somebody would praise him right now like you really can remember where he brought you from. I wonder if you could praise him like that very first Sunday when he filled you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I wonder if you could worship him like that time he healed your body. I wonder if you could magnify Come on, I said we got a reason to shout. We got a reason to dance. We got a reason to run. We got a reason to worship. We got a reason to rejoice. Come on, it should have been me. It should have been my family. It should have been my loved ones. But because of the mercy and the grace of God. Here we stand. We've been given. So much. However, I feel in my spirit this morning that although we have been given much, although we have been given so much more than we could ever deserve or ever dream of simply by God filling us with his spirit simply by God taking away every sin. That is the greatest miracle. That is the greatest gift that God could ever give any person in this world. However, I still feel in my spirit this morning that there are some people that are that are saying, God, I'm thankful for everything that you've already done. I'm thankful for everything that you've already accomplished in my life. But there is something inside of me that is hungering and that is desiring for more than what I have right now. Scripture. Scripture is replete with individuals who rose above the shadows of casual Christianity to truly experience the more that God had for them. Moses had seen the power of God on Sinai when he had gotten the Ten Commandments, yet something in him was not satisfied, and he cries out to God, God, I want you to show me your glory. Jacob, so desperate for more of the blessings of God. Jacob had so much already. Jacob had already taken some things that were not even meant for him already, yet Jacob said, God, I am so desperate and so hungry for more of your presence that I will not let you go until you bless me. There's got to be more. Elisha, although he'd been with Elijah and no doubt saw many miracles and saw many signs and wonders as he followed him throughout the course of his ministry, Elisha says, I'm thankful for what you've seen, Elijah. I've seen so very much, but my desire, my one thing that I long for is that I would see double of what you've seen there's something in me that although I've seen a lot I'm not satisfied I want more I want more I need more you see the will of God it's not that we settle for simply Less. It's not the will of God that we simply settle for what the generation before us had. But there ought to be something inside of us that says we want more. The Bible lets us know that the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life. 
See, without him, there would be no life. Without him, there would be no future. Without him, there would be nothing to look forward to. And I'm so thankful that when he filled us with his spirit, he gave us life. But can I tell you, not simply life, but he goes on to say, I've come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I've simply come to preach to somebody in this place that there is more. God has more for you than what you've said. I don't care if you've been in church 45 years. I don't care if you've been in church all your life. Can I tell you there are rims, there are dimensions of God's spirit that he wants to take us to. There is more that greater faith. I've come to preach to you. You have not seen nothing yet. There's more. I know you've seen great revival. I know you've seen many receive the Holy Ghost. But there's more. There's more. Keep pushing. Keep pressing. Keep praying. Keep fasting. There's more. Come on, to somebody that's coming to this service, and maybe you've never been in an atmosphere like this. Can I tell you, this is the more you've been looking for. This is the more you've been... You've been saying there's got to be something. There's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be more to life than just waking up, going to work, doing what I do and going home. There's got to be more. And God's saying this is the more you've been looking for. This is the more you've been crying out for. This is the more. There's more. We find in our scripture text, the Bible lets us know that Joshua, children of Israel, God has brought them. You know the story, most of us. God has brought them out of Egypt. They have crossed the Red Sea. God has led them into the promised land. As they are there in the promised land, the Bible lets us know that Joshua, that man of God, who had taken the reins from Moses, begins to divide the land up. And every tribe of Israel got their allotment of land. And every tribe was satisfied with the promise. Every tribe in the land was satisfied with what God had given, and it was rightfully theirs. It was what God had promised them. It was a, a, a good allotment. It was something that was great. It was something that was more than, than perhaps what they needed. It was exactly what they needed. And everybody was satisfied until the Bible lets us know that there was a, a, a tribe, the half-tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh. And the Bible says when they get their allotment of land, that they begin to respond to Moses, they get the hill. Moses gives them this allotment of land that is the hill. And their response to Moses is simply this. Moses, the hill is not enough for us. Everybody else might be content with just their casual Christianity. Everybody else might be content with just kind of going through the motions. Everybody else might be content with just kind of coming in and putting their check in the box. But there is something on the inside of us that says there has to be more. Moses, 
The hill is not enough for us. Fine. They began to say this to Joshua. The hill is not enough for us. But what I want us to pay special attention to, close attention to this morning, is the reason why they began to speak to Joshua and say the hill is not enough for us. Or we find in verse number 14, a few verses earlier, that they come to him and they say, why have you given us just this little piece of land? Why have you given us this little hill, Joshua? Don't you understand that we are a great people? Because the truth of the matter is this. Greatness always cries out for more. Greatness is never satisfied with what it has. But if there's greatness on the inside of you, then can I tell you, there will be an insatiable desire for more. See, some of us right now are not content. Some of us right now have this holy dissatisfaction because what we've seen thus far does not satisfy the craving on the inside. Can I tell you why? That's because there's greatness on the inside of you. And anytime there's greatness, there is something in you that says there's got to be more. There's got to. I'm thankful for all the miracles I've seen, but I'm not satisfied. I'm thankful for everybody I've seen receive the Holy Ghost, but I'm not satisfied. I'm thankful for everything God has done, but there's more. There's more. I got to press. I'm searching. I'm longing for more. Is there anybody in this room? Is there anybody in this room that would say, that's what I want in this place? God, I'm not satisfied. Come on. I'm preaching to somebody in this place. You felt out of place. You felt discontented with where you're at. Can I tell you why? It's because God is calling you to more. God is saying, come on. Get out of where you've been. Get out of the rut you've been in. And press in the Spirit. Press in the Holy Ghost. Push in the Holy Ghost. There's more. There's greater depths. There's greater dimensions of my spirit. Come on, somebody lift up your hands. I'm preaching to somebody. You've been to a million other churches. And you said, there's, there's got to be more than this. I can feel a little something, but I can't feel what I'm really longing for. Can I tell you, you've come to the right place. You've come to the right location because this is the church of more. This is the church that's going to press. That's going to press. That's going to come on until the Lord comes. There's got to be more. I'm going to push. Come on. Come on. We're going to, even when there's a thousand souls filling this place, we're still going to push. Even when there's 10,000 souls filling this auditorium, we're, because we want more. We want more. We want more. We're great. Therefore, we want more. Can I tell somebody in the Holy Ghost right now, you'll never be satisfied until you completely surrender to what God is calling you to. You might go to heaven the, the way that you are right now, 
But God's desire is not for you to merely go and get into heaven and kind of just barely limp in. But God's desire is, is for you to experience the depths of his spirit and the depths of his power and his anointing and his glory. God's desire is for you to be a soul winner. God's desire is for you to bring others to him. But there's got to be something on the inside of you that says, God, I don't care what it takes. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care who's looking at me I don't care who's with me and who's not with me I'm going after more I'm pushing for more I'm pressing for more listen to what they say because here's the thing about wanting more here's the thing about being great rather when we're great, and let me tell you something. This is a great church. This is a great place. God, no doubt, has his hand upon this church. God, no doubt, has his hand upon everybody that, that, that calls this church their home. But here's the thing. I would, here's the thing that I would warn you about with being great. When there is greatness over you and inside of you, greatness has the propensity to lead to entitlement. The Bible says that when they get there and they come before Moses, they say, Moses, don't you know who we are? We're a great people, and there was nothing wrong with what they were saying. They were absolutely right. They were a great people. There was a great anointing on their life. God had, God did want to give them simply more than the hill. But the fact of the matter is, it was how they said it and how they went about it. Because the Bible says they speak unto Joshua, and they say, Joshua, don't you see we're a great people for as much as the Lord hath blessed me hitherto? Moses, don't, or Joshua, don't you understand? We're blessed of God. Don't you understand who we are? I mean, this thing is just going to be given to us, right? Because we're great, and and because we're 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 we're. We're the tribe of Ephraim and Manasseh, and we're the, we're the seed of, uh, of Joseph, and, and, and we're entitled to this thing, and God's made us promises about this thing. It simply can't be just this that we have. The hill can't be all there is, but if I'm going to get more, I just want it to be given to me. I don't ever want to have to do something for it. And in the midst of that, the Bible says that Joshua, I can imagine at this moment, Joshua begins to look at them and he sees, he sees himself in them. He sees something in them. He sees a fire in their eyes that is great. He, he cannot deny that the hand of God is on them. But what he also sees is a sense of entitlement. What he also sees is somebody that would say, yes, greatness is for me, but I want it to be given to me. And Joshua had been acquainted 
with wanting more before because we find Joshua earlier on in his life. He's in the tabernacle with Moses and Moses is there praying and the presence of God begins to fall in that tabernacle and the Bible says that, that the presence of God is there and God and God begins to speak to Moses on behalf of the, or rather God begins to speak to Moses about what he's going to do for the children of Israel, how he's going to, to bring them out of the sin that had caused them to be far away from God. And in the midst of that, Moses decides, after I got my answer from God, I'm going to leave. And Moses begins to leave and goes out of the tabernacle. But there is something in Joshua that says, I want more. And I don't simply believe that more is just going to be given to me. But even when pastor quits praying, even when pastor quits calling fast, even when pastor quits calling prayer meetings and he walks out of the building, God, there's such a desire on the inside of me that when Pastor Moses leaves, I'm going to stay for more. Nobody's going to give it to me. Nobody's not going to but God, I'll pay the price. I'll stay when nobody else is staying. I'll pray when nobody else is praying. I'll fast when nobody else is fasting. Because I want more. I want more. So this Joshua, who had become acquainted with more and how you got more, looks back at them and says, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know the feeling that you have right now. That feeling like there's got to be more. There's got to be more. But you know what? Your problem is not the fact that you desire for more. The problem is how you go about seeing and receiving that more. And the Bible says that Joshua answers them. And he says to them, okay, if thou be a great people, if there's really greatness on the inside of you, if God really does have more for you right now than what you really believe that he's given you right now, then I want you to get thee up to the wood country and cut down for thyself there in the land of the Perizzites and of the giants if Mount Ephraim be too narrow for thee. Because Joshua understood this. More is always accompanied with war and with work. If you ever want more from God, you cannot get more from God unless you are willing to go to work. The Bible lets us know that they're down in the hill country. They're down there and they're content, or rather they're discontent with what they have in the hill country. And he says, okay, the mountain is promised to you. The more is promised to you. But can I let you know, it's not a perfectly manicured land. But there's woods up there. And when you go up there, it's not going to be easy. But you're going to have to take those axes and you're going to begin to chop down those trees and there's going to be blood and there's going to be sweat and there's go it's not going to be given to you the promises of God are true they're in him yes and amen but in order for you to see those promises you gotta do something you 
Can I tell somebody in the Holy Ghost right now? You're dead on it. There is more. There is more God has for you. But it will not come without warring in the spirit. There are parasites in the land. There are giants in the land. It will be war. But can I tell somebody, if you're willing to get your hands dirty, if you're willing to work, if you're willing to war, God has more for your life. The more is on its way. Come on, somebody lift up your voice. Somebody lift up your voice right now. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's always accompanied, more is always accompanied by war, by work. We find. Nehemiah, y'all know the story, that great restorationist he is. Nehemiah, he has got everything made for him. He's in the king's palace, sipping from the, sipping from the king's cup. I mean, what a cushy job, what a great job. Nehemiah's kicked up, enjoying life. Man, it is so great to be in the king's palace. But all of a sudden, there's this holy discontentment that gets a hold of Nehemiah. Nehemiah's like, man, this is awesome. This is great, but there's got to be more to life than this. And he begins to hear about the remnant in Israel, the remnant in Jerusalem, who's there and there's no wall. He said, man, there's got to be something more. There's a greater purpose to my life than simply coming into the king's palace and just having a good time. There's got to be more to my life than simply coming into the king's palace, sipping a little bit of wine, kicking my feet up and doing nothing. But there's got to be more. And so the Bible says that Nehemiah gets up from that place and he begins to go out to Jerusalem and what does he do when he's in Jerusalem the Bible lets us know that he has an instrument to work with in one hand and in the other hand he has something to war with because Nehemiah understood yes God you're calling me for more yes I feel something pulling me for more but God it will not simply be given to me but in order for me to receive that more I will have to work for it I will have Come on. I said you will have to pray for it. You will have to fast for it. You will have to seek the face of God for it. But if you do, God is going to do what he said that he will do. If you do, I'm telling you right now, something will begin to break open in your life. A new dimension. A new dimension of his power. A new dimension of his glory. A new dimension of his spirit. to stand. I'm coming to a close. Come on, I want you to lift up your voice and pray right now. Come on, somebody lift up your voice. Here's the thing. Bible says they come 
to Joshua say, Joshua, the hill is not enough for us. It's got to be more. Joshua says there is more. But in order for you to receive more, you got to be willing to work. you got to be willing to go to war. You can almost kind of feel in the story. They just kind of kind of give a little pause. They respond to him after he says that with the hill is not enough. And they say, but truly, the problem really is even beneath that layer of entitlement, there's that layer of fear. They say, yeah, we understand what's going on, but there are Canaanites there that dwell in the land of the valley and have chariots of iron. And what I find very interesting about this passage of Scripture is this. There were no such thing as chariots of iron in the Bible. There were parts of the chariot that had iron. But, the, but the, the majority of the chariots in Bible days were constructed of wood and had little parts of iron. But see, when fear begins to grip your heart about what God has promised and what God has getting ready to do, you begin to see things that are not really there. You begin to view things through a lens. And all of a sudden, the mountain that is really this small begins to appear so big and so great in your eyes because you have allowed yourself to see things through a, a lens that is not really accurate. And the Bible says that they, they say, they, they, there's Canaanites there and they have these big chariots of iron and, and, and everything that we're going to try to do is going to fail. And, and I know that there's more and I feel like God is going to give us more. But what I want you to do is I want you to tell me that God is just going to go out there and, and we're not going to have to do anything and we're not going to have to work or war. I, I just want you to do it for us. And he says, no, 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 no. He says, there are Canaanites there. Joshua speaks unto the house of Joseph, even unto Ephraim and Manasseh, and says, Thou art a great people and has great power. Thou shalt not have only one lot. But he says, The mountain shall be thine, for it is a wood. Thou shalt cut it down. The outgoings of it shall be thine, for thou shalt drive out the Canaanites, though they have chariots of iron. And though they be strong. It says if you're willing to work, willing to war, those Canaanites that dwell in that land, they're not going to be there any longer. But if you, if you continue to read this story, you'll find that the promises of God that were promised to them did not come to pass. For they went into that land, but the Canaanites, they did not drive out. The Canaanites still were dwelling in the land. They began to dwell among them because there was fear among them. There was this, 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 this fear that, God, I, I don't know if you can do everything that you said that you will do. I don't know if I truly believe that the, that the mountain that we see is truly ours. God, I understand that the hill is not enough. I'm not content with just the hill. But, God, in that mountain where the Canaanites are, in that mountain where giants are, God, I don't know if I'm willing to fight for that. So they go into the land, but they never truly have, dom truly have dominion over the land. And they begin to dwell with the Canaanites. But juxtaposed to this, to this story of the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh, there is another tribe by the name of Judah. And Judah, when given their allotment, 
was content. But there is a man within the tribe of Judah that many of us know. And we know the story very well by the name of Caleb. And the Bible says that this man Caleb, he's been given the allotment of land. And everybody else is content. And everybody else is satisfied with the little hill that God has given them. But the Bible says that Caleb marches over to Joshua. And he says, Joshua, I appreciate everything that you've done for us. I appreciate everything that you've done for the tribe of Judah. But Joshua, what you don't understand is that there's a mountain up there with my name on it. And God has promised me that that mountain is mine. God has promised me that that mountain is mine. And so the Bible lets us know that he says unto unto Joshua I need that mountain give me that mountain I'm just as strong this day as I was the day that God promised it to me and I understand that there are giants in the land but I'm willing to take my sword and I'm willing to go to war I'm willing to take my weapon and I'm willing to go to war I won't be content with just a hill but give me my mountain give me my promise give me my inheritance the hill is not enough for me I wonder if there's anybody in this place with that same spirit that Caleb had that would say, Brother Wilson, I'm not satisfied with where I've been. I'm not satisfied with what I have, but I come uh, with something on the inside of me uh, that's willing to fight every devil in hell, uh, that's willing to pray until something Oh, do I have about 10 people? Do I have about 30 people? Do I have about 300 people in this room that would say, come on, I got my war clothes on and I'm getting ready to do battle. I Come on, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Yashanda Yalabokosa. Somebody lift up your voice right now. Come on, somebody lift up your voice and begin to pray. I want you to listen to what Caleb said. I want to read it. He says, now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive these 40 years. Caleb said, the, the only reason I'm still here is because God's got promises that he's got to fulfill before I die. Can I tell you something? The only reason that we are still here is because God has things he's wanting to do before he takes the church out of here. We're not alive to simply live and go through the motions, work our nine to five and go home, go to sleep and do the same thing over again. But we're alive because there's more. We're alive because there's divine purpose in our life. We're alive because God has an inheritance for this church. Says God has kept me alive, and as he said, these 45 years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old, as yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. Listen, for war. He said, I ain't worried about anybody giving this thing to me. Everybody else might be kind of just going through the motions, uh, but I'm ready to go to war. Uh, I'm ready to engage in spiritual warfare. Uh, I'm 
Until I see it, I'm gonna fight. Until I see it, I'm gonna war. I won't be weary and well doing. For in due season, I'm gonna reap. If I pray not, I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna war. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna fast. Until I see it. Until I see it. Until I see it. Until I see it. So here's what I want us to do right now. Come on, come on church, I want you right now to begin to do war in the spirit. I want you right now to begin to do battle in the spirit. Come on, like I know you know how to do. I want you to begin to pray right now. That's it, lift up your voice. That's it, somebody lift up your voice and pray. Come on, we're driving back the Canaanites. We're driving back every giant. We're driving back every force of darkness. Come on, the hill is not enough. The hill is not enough. Give me my mountain. Give me my mountain. I'll work for it. I'll work for it. Just give me my mountain. It's time to get aggressive in the spirit. There's getting ready to be a boldness that's getting ready to get on some of you like you've never had before. There's getting ready to be a spiritual aggression that you're getting ready to have before her. A tenacity. Come on. You're not going to be on the defensive anymore. But you're going to begin to march into territories that the enemy has had dominion over for years, decades. You're going to march in there with authority and claim what is rightfully yours. Come on. I want you to lift up your voice right now and pray. I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. I know what church I'm preaching to. This is a great church, but can I tell you, it will blow your mind, the dimensions. It will blow your mind, the rims. It will blow your mind, the revival that God has for this church. Yes, this is a great church, but there is greater on the way. Yes, this is a, come on church. 
Shadarabando yo no bokola la bahata yela bohoshaya. La bando yo no boshiata. That's it, I feel something shifting right now in the atmosphere. That's it, somebody use that weapon. Come on, use that weapon right now of prayer. Come on, take that weapon of prayer in your hands and begin to do battle in the spirit. Come on, we're driving back forces that are occupying lands that are meant for us. We're driving back forces. That's it. Come on. I want you to press for a little bit longer. Come on. That's it. I want you to pray for a little bit longer. I know this might be a little different on a Sunday morning, but I want you to press right now. I want you to find somebody right now and I want you to begin to pray with them. I want you to begin to pray against every voice of doubt that would try to speak over them and tell them that God will not do everything that he has promised to them. Can I tell you? Come on, God is getting ready to take us into a new dimension. God is getting ready to take us to another level. Come on, come on. If you're not up on the mountain, it's time to come up to the mountain. Come on, there's still some more woods to cut down. There's still some more Canaanites to drive out. There's still Come on, come on, Bishop Nichols can be on that mountain fighting alone. But come on, he needs some saints of God. He needs some people of God that will come up to the mountain and, and do war in the spirit. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost and you've come into this place before saying there's got to be more, can I tell you that is the, you're experiencing the more that you've longed for right now. If you will lift up your hands, if you will repent of your sins and you'll begin to cry out to the Lord, can I tell you God will fill you with his spirit in this room right now. Come on, this is the more that you've been longing for.
This is the more that you've been asking God for. It's flowing in this room right now.